This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much. Good morning and uh, welcome everybody to our Thursday show. It is September the 10th. We're going to share what everybody's working on coming up uh, during the show today. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about tattoos because a bunch of, a bunch of tattoo artists shared what they think are the most uh, overdone tattoos. And which oh. ones are heading that direction? We got some feelings on that. Mm. Everyone here has one except for Buzz. Buzz, let's go get a tattoo. Come on. Yeah, I've never been able to commit to anything. Really? Not, you can't get like a Gordon level. Lightfoot right there on your bicep? Well, I will say. Get a little boomer sooner? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be something that I'm going to stay a fan of. And both of those, I'm, I'm in for life. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> The Walking Dead. Oh wait, it's it's ending. Oh soon. my god, how sad are you? Well, they've got the spinoffs that are continuing. So, and don't forget, there's supposed to be a Walking Dead movie with the return of Rick Grimes. I'm about. I know that. you guys kind of bowed out of Walking no, Dead but a couple you, seasons. Joanne ago. and I just talked about this yesterday because we were like, "Oh, it's ending." Oh, I'll watch it. Like both of us were like. Now that we know that there's that an end. it's not just going to go on forever. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. There's an end in sight. So I, I, w- I would, when they end it, I'll, I'll finish watching the show for sure. Did you guys bow out of Walking Dead before uh, Rick went missing or after Rick went missing? I think it was before. before. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mine was right after Abraham passed. So It was shortly the, after that for me too. I yeah. watched, I think, that season and then was is it Ezekiel the guy with the tiger? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was right. It was right when he first showed up. And I was like, okay, <laughs> right. He's got a, not only a trained tiger, but a tiger which can tell the difference between the good guys and the bad guys. Yeah. That is that's some tiger. tiger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I really only saw the headline on that that Walking Dead is coming to an end. Is it like after this season? Or? I think it's, I think it's going to go through twenty twenty two. I think is what I saw. Joanna. Hmm. What? Oh, I, I thought you knew. Because we looked at it yesterday. I wasn't paying attention. All right. We're going to talk. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk tattoos. Uh, Toy Hall of Fame nominees are out. And Ooh. every year they've got something like a stick mm-hmm. or a ball. It's like, come on, guys. Uh, so they the one they have in that category this year is chalk. Yes. Chalk. Chalk was really big this year. I think it really was. I bought chalk this year. For your sidewalk? or Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll have Toy Hall of Fame nominees uh, coming up a little bit later. Let's uh, kind of go around the room. Uh, everybody share what you're working on, and we'll start sports this morning. Lisa Sanchez. What do we have sports. coming up? Yeah, yeah. yeah Lisa. Um, now that happens sometimes. No, so go, we have, um, there's the football thing. No, yes, no, no. Yes, go, news. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, we're here now. Um, so that one dude. <laughs> one right. Yes. Oh, yeah, there's like football tonight. Yeah. That's like, it's a thing. And All right. Oh, those people Lisa. are playing, the Kentucky people. No, Kansas oh. City. Oh, isn't that? No, that's not. That's Kansas. 
so that <laughs> no remember kansas city not in kansas okay wait hold on so like that one team with the, the Kentucky... patrick mahomes mm-hmm. he his team's playing is that the one that you thought was initially was from kentucky yeah i thought it for some reason it was the kentucky chiefs <laughs> Look, right. you wanted That's me to do sports. Fault, Here I am. You said yes. Lisa was doing sports. So, anyways, yeah, I Patrick Mahomes. He's, he's far more on point than you are this morning, Pat. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> uh, his team is going to be playing. There you um, go. And they're playing against, uh, goodness gracious, I know this, the other team. Um, it's like a Texas team, they're, I think. They're, they're, oh, it, it's almost the name of the team. You almost just said it by saying Texas. Oh, um, uh, JJ's team. JJ's team. Yes. Yes. Okay, JJ Watt's team. All right. Good enough. That's good. Thank you. I'm gonna uh, get one of those for you, man. <laughs> well, uh, let's let's go ahead and get our sports preview with Brian with Brandon then. <laughs> with Brian. Brian. Brian, yeah. So, Brandon, what what else? Uh, first game is tonight. Yeah, we got the Chiefs and the Texans battling it out tonight, baby. You know the the uh, Chiefs organization said that fans are no longer going to be allowed to wear like Indian headdresses or war paint to games. Your prediction: Are there going to be fans that try and do it anyway? Like maybe bring in a concealed feathered headdress and put it on, or uh, maybe? I mean, they're going to be operating at very limited capacity. The Chiefs are one of the few teams that are allowing fans in the stadium uh, for their home games. All right, and uh, then the rest of the season uh, is going to get underway slowly until Sunday, the Cowboys Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, and the Cowboys have the late game uh, against the Rams on Sunday. But tonight, it's the Chiefs and the Texans. That's what we were looking for. Uh, anything else you want to mention in sports today, Brandon? Justin Timberlake's trying to bring baseball to Nashville. Oh, oh. okay. I knew he was a big golf fanatic. I guess uh, baseball too. Yeah, he's a part of. Music City Baseball. It's a group of business owners and civic leaders and entertainers who are trying to bring baseball to the city of Nashville. All right. Now let's try news headlines uh, with Lisa. What do we have coming up you want to preview in in news today? Well, I'm going to let you take the big story. So we'll talk a little bit about the wildfires. Um, They are just the, the fastest growing fires right now in the western United States. More than 90, 90 major fires are burning um, over 5,000 square miles. It's about the size of Connecticut in 13 different states. So according to the National Fire Information Center in Oregon, there is a 50-mile-per-hour wind gust that have left almost 100,000 homes and businesses without power. Also in Washington, more than 500 square miles burned. Um, that's according to the governor. Northern, Central, and Southern California also under siege right now. Because of the high heat and parched terrain, seven people have now died from wildfires across the western um, states. Uh, it looks like this is going to be a serious situation that continues on in that area. But, Buzzley, you want to talk about the biggest story of the day? Uh, yeah, so yesterday it came out that uh, uh, Bob Woodward, who along with Carl Bernstein, broke the uh, Watergate story and uh, brought down a president, you know, fifty almost 50 years ago. Uh, Bob Woodward has a a new Trump book coming out called Rage, and in it, uh, Trump admits, so he got to record Trump for 18 hours, 18 hours worth of interviews that, on the record, which Trump knew were being recorded, and in February, early in February, February 7th, the president said that he knew the coronavirus was serious, he knew it was deadly, he knew it was Mm -hmm. five times more deadly than the flu, 
uh, he knew it could be passed person to person. And uh, so like, when, but shh, when that came out Trump. yesterday, you know, some, some of the Trump media outlets that are kind of in the bag for Trump were saying, well, this is a lie. This not what he he has tape of it. OK, so they have tape. And the president came out yesterday uh, to admit that it's always that it was true. He did want to play down the seriousness of the coronavirus or the COVID-19 pandemic. Trump said, I always wanted to play it down. I still like playing it down because I don't want to create a panic. This is from the president who told his supporters that Joe Biden will destroy the suburbs. This is president panic. And uh, there are a lot of people who are saying this is just absolutely felonious. Uh, not just criminal, but felonious that the president would know this and then go in front of people on TV after having acknowledged all this stuff and downplaying the seriousness. And they're saying that there are a lot of people who really took the president's lead on this. And if he was lying to them, and because of that, they didn't wear a mask, they went out and got coronavirus or gave it to somebody else, the president should be held accountable for that. But uh, the president has admitted saying this to Bob Woodward and uh, has said that, well, I just didn't want to create uh, more panic. How do you think Bob felt when he saw the president on TV? Like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. He's like, wait, what? Let me well, there, to there are some tape. very there are some very real questions about why Bob Woodward didn't come forward and say, look, yeah. I'm in the middle of this book and I have had these recordings since the seventh. Some people are saying that Bob Woodward should have, uh, and said I think something. Yeah, should have said something. Should've he should have said, listen, the president back on fe- February seventh said pretty much basically the opposite of what he's saying mm-hmm. in, in, to the public now. Uh, so that that is a big story, and it is going to be talked about everywhere, uh, probably through the election. I think it's one of those things, along with calling uh, deceased veterans uh, suckers and losers, that is is not uh, going to go away, at least not until the, the election is over. All right, uh, Joanna Entertainment News, what do you have on the entertainment front for us today? The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is going to be the new series for Disney+, Plus, seems to have resumed filming in Atlanta. But the only question remains is, will it be ready for the streaming platform by the end of the year? Probably not. All right. Not if we're already at September 10th, man. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has just uh, been announced that when Carol Baskin uh, performs her first dance on Dancing with the Stars... I saw a tiger. ...will be... I saw a tiger. Tiger saw a man. I. It begins with I. Okay. Saw a tiger. No, Eye of the Tiger. Oh. Which, yeah, that's fine, but cowards, come on, you know what she should be dancing to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand. I saw a tiger, and the tiger saw a man. But instead, she'll uh, she'll dance to Eye of the Tiger instead. Mm. Well, maybe they're saving that for like more of a climactic <laughs> dance yeah. when she dances to I Saw a Tiger by it's Joe Exotic. Sardine oil, sardine oil, sardine oil. What was it? Wasn't it Carol who said? Like how would you how would you even get a tiger to yeah. eat a man? And she said, "Well, if you covered him in sardine oil." No, <laughs> what happened was Joe Exotic got attacked by his tiger, 
And she was like, the only way that a tiger gets on you like that is if you put sardine oil on yourself. Not like I know. Now, I Not that I would know, I, but... I, and I watched this entire show. I was really engaged in it. I thought she said something like, if you wanted to dispose of a body by feeding it to a tiger, you'd probably have to cover it in sardine oil. You know what? Who knows what Carol uh, does? All right. Well, we got a lot uh, to cover on the show today. We got some dialing for dingbats uh, coming up. Got a been having requests for dialing for dingbats, so uh, we got one of those headed your way this morning. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, Brandon's going to have sports in a little under an hour. We're going to talk about the uh, the beginning of the NFL season. We're going to talk yeah, I had about a fantasy draft last night, man. You do it on Zoom or? No, I mean, you, you typically do. I mean, it's through ESPN, so you're, it's usually online every year anyway. But just how la- the, the lack of preparation that I had as I'm going through, I'm, t- I'm on the phone with a buddy of mine as we're doing the draft, and I'm looking, I'm like, huh, I forgot that guy moved there. Huh, I forgot that guy got traded there. So unprepared. So you're, you're, in, uh, you're in a fantasy league with, with friends of yours, mostly acquaintances? or mm-hmm. Okay. But you do it through ESPN anyway. Yeah, it's through oh, okay. the ESPN fantasy football, and it's just a free league that I started years ago. Just have for you ever? Fun. G- have, oh, there's no money at the end of it. No. I, th- you- I thought about doing like, especially with how easy it is to transfer through Venmo and stuff like that. Now I thought about doing like twenty bucks, but I was so unprepared even starting the league. I didn't want anybody to feel obligated uh, to throw twenty bucks in. So, have you ever gotten into the thing they do here, like? They have a, like, after hours, they have a big thing over in the conference room, and it's Brad Dubow, and it's Steve Kaplowitz, and, you know, they, they have this big draft. They do a lot of it in not all of it in person, but a lot of it in person. Have you ever been a part of that? Nope. Cappy's in my league now, though. I had a spot that needed to be filled, so I texted him last night. God, I wonder how many fantasy football leagues that guy's in. Isn't he in one with, like... Toby McGuire or something? Uh, he was in one with Kevin from The Office. That's right. And it wasn't Toby McGuire, but it's somebody like from that generation. Uh, it was, uh, I'll tell you who it was, Marty Bird from Ozark. No, there's oh, someone Jason else. Bateman? Yeah, he was in a league with Jason Bateman. Maybe that, yeah. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I've always been perturbed by these shows where it's like it's based on a, a, a cool character like Batman and then they make a TV show and it's like it's Batman but there's no Batman in it. Which uh, was kind of why I bowed out of Gotham. Yeah, but TV. it got good, man. Yeah. It was all about the villains. So this was all about Batman. Yeah, Batman was in it, but Batman was like a 10-year-old. <laughs> so he wasn't doing any no, kind of Batman. It wasn't stuff. about it was Batman. Gotham. It was, yeah, it was about the city and it was about the villains. And early on, it was a little clunky. And I do agree with you. When they got to like the balloon man, it was like, all yeah. right, what's going on? When the on guy here? was killing people by by handing them balloons and then they float away into the air, I was like, ah, okay, I'm, I don't have. Sweet. But after that, when they got into, and there was still even some things later on in the show where I was like, all right, like this is a, a bit much. But when they really got into the storylines of the Penguin and the Riddler, that's when it started well, to get good. I didn't get that far. There was also going to be uh, a, a series about not Spider-Man, but Spider-Man's Aunt May. Do you remember that one? And it wasn't even going to—this was before 
uh, oh crud, what Marissa Tomei mm-hmm. started playing Aunt May. It's like I don't want to see the Adventures of Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think where I think where it goes wrong here is that you're immediately relating a storyline of well, if Spider Man's in this universe, I need to see about Spider Man. Completely negating like the writing could be great, the acting could be great. There could be aspects of these shows. That I got, like it was the right. whole, it was the Agent Carter thing where you just constantly complained about Agent Carter because like, well, I want Captain America. Well, well, I never watched a, it. I mean, you're right. I Agent didn't watch Carter it. Agent <laughs> Carter was a, it was a, it was kind of like a spy thriller, and it was an action show. So you're what, if I would guarantee if some of these shows were more ba- like if it did wasn't within these universes, you might enjoy them. But I you're was, going watched, in with a preconceived notion about something. I watched Agent Agents of Shield all the way through. In fact. But it had it had Coulson in it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm setting this up to say that. Tell me what you think of this. Then okay. there's a there's a RoboCop prequel. In I the just works. saw that headline, and it's like, so is it just called Cop? There's no RoboCop. It's Cop about before the Robo part. It's about the sleazy corporate predator Dick Jones. Do you remember in the first? In the first one, where he was, uh, it's the it's Ronnie Cox, the same actor who played. Well, he was in Deliverance, but anyway, his name is Dick Jones. It is Ronnie Cox. Oh yeah, he was in Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, Maybe he played the police chief of of Beverly Hills. Well, anyway, it's all about his rise to power. I, I don't care. About, VP. Yeah, I don't care about Dick Jones' rise to power. Then don't watch it. I won't. A RoboCop <laughs> series without RoboCop. It's ridiculous. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. How about the Mo Show calendar and daily almanac of events to find out uh, what is going on? Today is national. <laughs> something tells me this is probably not going to happen. National School Picture Day. Unless you just want to take, uh, a, you take one at home. You can take a screen. Glamour shot. Do a screenshot on oh, Zoom. I'm going to do that. <laughs> do what? it. Picture day. My time. sister gets so mad for picture day because she pays like all this money and, and it, my nephews look awful. They look awful? Yeah, like they have this weird smile where they're like, do I smile? Uh, what do I do? My sister's like, I don't pay all this money for you guys to not smile like you do. Yeah, but it's hard to smile on command <laughs> and make it look convincing. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. for a kid. I remember once so my hair she, was messy. My mom's like, really? You couldn't even brush yeah. it? And I'm like, what? In my third grade picture, I have a huge scratch on my cheek. Cat? Cat. <laughs> and my mom's like, hey, Joanna, it's picture day. You're like, it's me in my natural habitat. Leave me alone. <laughs> for like yeah, six years. There's a way to remember Joanna. It's like that. <laughs> for like six years in a row, starting in second grade, I had a big cow lick, like a big Dennis the Menace cow lick. There's nothing <laughs> you can do. And it was still part do. of my you life. still do. You know, maybe. Uh, let's take when the headphones, the top of the headphones pushes them back. On <laughs> yeah, <your> you totally <laughs> do. And it almost pushes your hair back like you're running at full speed. Like yeah, but that's like you're Naruto running. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just headphone hair. The cowlick thing was like you could comb it down and boop, 
it would okay, split, it had a mind of its own. It was almost like that. Speaking of Naruto Run, remember the whole Storm Area 51 thing? That feels like forever that ago, That feels huh? like so long ago. What was that, we like a year? We should have just gone for it, it man. It was simpler times back then. Honestly, I, they should have gone for it. That's almost going to be a year. Let's take a look at uh, birthdays. Guy Ritchie, the movie director who was married to Madonna, uh, he directed... Snatch, baby. Snatch. Lock, stock, two, two smoking smoking barrels. barrels. Rock is a good one. Also, the live-action Aladdin Sherlock, remake. Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Guy Ritchie, 52 today. Snatch is such a good movie. Did you <laughs> see the... Was it The Gentleman? No, I never really The one that he did last to. year? I heard it was good. It was, yeah, it was okay. I mean, it was... Not up to Snatch is... Uh, no. Not up to Snatch or... <laughs> Lock, stock, into what is it? You find something funny about the movie Snatch? No. From who told me? The Germans. Hall Almost of, you said he was a getaway driver. Hall of Fame pitcher Randy Johnson is having a birthday. He's 57, one of the hardest throwing pitchers Just in ask baseball. That, ask that birdie exploded. Yeah. That bird was nothing but. Oh my God, is he feathers. the guy that. The bird. Yeah, he's uh, the one. Is he the really okay. tall dude? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember the big unit. Watching <laughs> that was his nickname. That was his nickname. I remember seeing him pitch for the Mariners back when I was like sixth grade. Actor Colin Firth is sixty. He won his Academy Award uh, as Best Actor in the King's Speech. And a birthday for Aerosmith guitarist Joe Perry. Joe Perry is seventy today. Also, uh, disgraced former Fox uh, talking head Bill O'Reilly is 71. And uh, Jose Feliciano is 75. He is a a blind singer and guitar player from Puerto Rico. His biggest hits were his cover of Light My Fire and the theme song to Chico and the Man. A few dates in history. 30 years ago on this date, 1990, Will Smith made his TV debut... On the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. Well, it was his TV debut. If you didn't count the videos that they showed on MTV yeah. with, okay, it's just an understanding. His acting Fresh debut. Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff, but yeah, his acting debut on TV was 30 years ago, and they're talking about the reboot, uh, which has been approved. Here's something that never fails uh, to blow my mind. So the the last. A condemned man in France was executed by guillotine. If I were to say that, you'd think, oh, okay, like 17-something, 18-something? It was like the 70s. 60s or 70s, wasn't it? Listen to this. 1977, convicted murderer Hamida Judoubi became the last person executed via guillotine in France. Just to put that in perspective for you, the number one movie at the box office was Star Wars. It had come out just a couple of months before. Uh, the last man in France was executed by guillotine uh, on this date in 1977. And 65 years ago, 1955, Gunsmoke made its TV debut. Gunsmoke was a big hit on uh, the radio, and it was uh, not Bob Conrad. It was uh, some um, other old person some, we're not some, with the last name Conrad. Anyway, he was on the radio, and then they, when they did it on TV, they were like, "You know, he's kind of old and fat. Let's get a younger, better-looking guy." So they got James Arness <laughs> to play Marshall Dillon. But 65 years ago, Gunsmoke and Gunsmoke 
uh, lasted for 20 years, so it was really a long-running uh, hit show. But it debuted on TV on this date in 1955. This is, among other things, it's Suicide Prevention Week, which is very serious. And maybe on a lighter note, National Waffle Week is this week. The first full week of September is National Waffle Week. And there's a PSA that we always run uh, during National Waffle Week. We think it's probably saved uh, a few people, and hopefully it will again. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, Lisa's uh, got some opinions to share from tattoo artist and it's about uh, which tattoos are just overdone i can imagine tattoo artists sometimes has to really bite their tongue to keep from or do or would a tattoo artist come out and say you know what that is such a that is such a hacky tattoo why don't you get something you know a little more original um no they for the most part most tattoo artists will do, do what, what you want them to do. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously sometimes they'll, they'll kind of uh, rethink it or they'll tell you, like, is that really what you want to do? Um, like, if you have no tattoos and you, you come in, you're like, you know what I want? A piece on my throat. Uh, they're going to really try and talk you out of right. that. Why don't we start with something on your ankle? Yeah. Why instance. don't we try something on your hip instead? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, you want me to guess at what some of the the overdone tattoos are? Yeah, so a site decided to ask some tattoo artists, what are some of the most overdone and tattoos that they think uh, are just too many people are getting and you need to stop? I'm going to say the the tribal tattoos, you know, unless there's you're actually a member of a tribe or something, seem like those are pretty <laughs> overdone. Well, I think you're thinking a little too old. Oh, See, like I, that's, that's, that's clearly my, too old? And so what just popped yeah. into my head as well was yeah. people getting some sort of Asian lettering done, whether it be Chinese or Japanese or something like that. That was huge like 20 years ago. Are you saying True. people no longer get the tribal tattoos? No, not really. Okay. I'm going with the dream catcher. Uh, <laughs> it's a dream catcher on the list. It is not. I'm How going old? with a feather. Okay, mine are, they're stars, but they're not filled in. So it's just like the outline of a star and they're like on the, on the, shoulder on the shoulders. Kind of maybe See, the I think that's area. still a little bit of the tribal, like that's back in Buzz's thinking. Okay, because I know a few girls. You know, when I was a kid, you know who had tattoos? Uh-huh. Like my Uncle Leon, who was in the Navy, had a tattoo. Sailors and Sailors and prisoners, yeah. <laughs> okay, so may, that could kind of make the list. Uh, they said a tiny tattoo of something nautical, like a single wave or an anchor oh, on someone's yeah, yeah, anchor but, on but someone's wrist. That's become a hipster thing. I, there's no way. So the think hipster. Those little, the, think hipster. That's the kind of tattoos that they're saying are really overdone. Is that that thing where it's a mustache on your finger and you hold your finger up under your nose <laughs> so you, it's like I'm in disguise? Oh, yeah. Anything on the side of your finger. <laughs> there you go. You did get one. There's I know one. a lot of tattoo artists that won't even do that. You know what? So it depends. Yeah, I know my, so my best friend Amanda has on the side of her finger, it says, let it go. And my tattoo artist, when she went to get it, told her flat out, don't do this. Um, one, you wash your hands so much that they fade really fast. Two, because of just movement of your fingers, 
uh, it's going to rub off. It's going to fade even faster. And she's a nurse. So he said, he's like, you're washing your hands even more frequently than an average person does. She still did it, of course, and she's had to go back several times to have him touch it up. Okay. So better off to listen to the tattoo artist. Always listen to the tattoo artist. Uh, a lot of people try and get tiny tattoos because they look cute and no, they look they so... looking like garbage. Exactly. They look so cute on Instagram. But the thing is, those teeny weeny little tattoos, guess what? Your skin's going to lose that elasticity as you get older. And it's going to shrink down, and then it's just going to look like a blob, and you're not going to know what it is. So I, I mean, is any happen. tattoo going to improve as you get older? Let's face it, right? Um, I would say if you were giant trying, pieces, yeah. If you're if you wanted something that starts small that gets bigger, <laughs> um, I think it would be great. Like if you wanted to get a tattoo of a young Kirstie Alley, by the time you're sixty or seventy, it's just going to be this kind of blob. So, so is she Alley now? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they said the Russell Crow. There you go. That'd be another good one. <laughs> the outline get, get gladiator, <laughs> and you end up as in, with him playing Roger Ailes. <laughs> another thing they said is the outline of mountains. Lots of people get the outlines of mountains, especially the on trees. their forearm. Yeah, right on their forearms. Okay. You know, all right. That that's got me thinking. There are some I noticed that have like what looks like a heartbeat on an EEG. Have you seen those? Yeah, um, that is one that they get, and then they'll get, like, faith or something like that. And so I would say this counts for this. They said wrist or back or ribcage tattoos that include inspirational, simple words like faith or breathe. Uh, I've seen a lot of the EKG ones with those on there. I have the EKG one on my wrist. You do? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What do I see a lot of? Oh, here you go. Mostly a girl thing, but like dolphins in mid-flip, like a dolphin <laughs> ah, that's yeah. flipping out of the water, and maybe a seashell. Like if there's if they're really big fans of the ocean. Which, by the way, if anybody wants to call in with their idea or what they think is just an overdone tattoo that they've seen way too many times, if we got any tattoo artists listening, maybe you could even get us ahead of the curve. Where they're and like, tell oh, us, I do this one every day. Yeah, like what's one that that is on the horizon of being way overused. Well, I was. I'll be shocked if there's any tattoo artists that are up this early. My <laughs> uncle. I'm well, always shocked uh, when there's anybody up this early. <laughs> um, my uncle warned my cousin. She's 15 years younger than me. He warned her before. If you're gonna go get a tattoo, talk to Brandon first. Like, just ask him about the experience and things like that. Because something I ran into is I had, I had a tattoo on my left arm, but when I wanted to do my sleeve. It kind of got in the way, so it needed right. to be covered up. So it's not even necessarily always, are you sure this is something that you're going to want for the rest of your life? You also need to plan ahead to be like, well, maybe mm -hmm. there's something you're going to want later that this is going to impede. And right. she ended up getting some quote from the movie, We Bought a Zoo. Why? And the actual, <laughs> my uh, my. Now, hold on. So the actual quote is, um, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery. And I promise you something great will come of it. Now, she didn't get the exact quote. She got something similar. And after Okay, I'm going to give that to this one. A literary quote or a movie quote that covers a person's whole arm. Continue. Yeah, well, this was, I think she got hers on her ribs. And then I asked her, I go, so when was the last time you had 20 seconds of insane courage? Or when was the last time you did this? And she just, she sat there frozen. Mm -hmm. Wait, you so, you so brought this up to her after she, after got, she it. got it done? Yeah, because she, she, you know, and I brought I, I asked her about it. And I was like, so when was the last time you did that? When was the last time you lived by this motto? Maybe when she, she got, got the tattoo? tattooed. Couldn't even come up with that. Oh. So 
I didn't hear. What's the motto that she got? Uh, it's from We Bought a Zoo. And it says, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of, of oh, just okay, embarrassing yeah. bravery. And I promise you something great will come of it. Who said that, ScarJo or Matt Damon? Matt I think Damon. probably Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. Do you know Dustin Ibarra's in that movie? Is he really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he is. I like that movie. Uh, let's talk to Ryan. Uh, I don't know if Ryan's a tattoo artist or, or not, but Ryan, we're talking about, are you a tattoo artist, Ryan? No, no, I'm not. All right, uh, you got some sick tats. Yeah, what, we're we're talking about tattoos. <laughs> what do you got? Yeah. Well, uh, well, anyways, no. The one that I think is overdone a lot on girls in particular is the God is greater than the highs and the lows, and it's like a simple G with a greater sign. Oh, like a, a mountain and then a valley. I mean, it's real simple, but people, girls always get it on their wrist. It or, almost sounds like yeah. it, would, it would look like an algebra equation. <laughs> very, very describing it. Very basic. Oh. Uh, can you say bitch? I don't know. <laughs> but, you can. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a real Karen tattoo to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, what else, Ryan? Oh, that's all I got. Okay. I all got right. the, the typical Chinese tattoo, too. So I'm <laughs> right. So, it's so okay. You, Welcome to the club. You, acno- like... you acknowledge you're one to talk, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got a couple that I'd like to either get covered up or, you know what I mean? You're 18, young and dumb. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Work. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, um, that's something to always remember is, like, when you're getting a tattoo, one, what is it? And two, how much is it going to suck if you ever have to get it covered up? <laughs> If uh, let me give out the phone number. So we got we got Ryan to call in. I had I hadn't given out the phone number. If uh, you're a tattoo artist or a tattoo enthusiast, what's something else? Do you have an example of something that's just like uh, overdone, or, mm-hmm. or if your tattoo art is something that you just like roll your eyes where the client can't see? When Here's a great one I didn't hear, I didn't know about, but I'm and now that I look at it, I'm like, dang, that is kind of funny. Uh, a tattoo of Chip from Beauty and the Beast, the teacup. Yeah, uh-huh. and guess where they get it. Uh, um, I don't know. Ankle, no. On their shoulder. Uh-huh. Chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Uh, and they said there was a tattooer said he's like I can't even count the amount of times I've had to draw that stupid teacup from Beauty and the Beast on some chick's oh, shoulder. Oh, oh, so it's <laughs> it's played out. It's not. I thought you were giving it to, as an example of like clever wordplay. No, no, this is something that a lot of people get. So there was a tattoo artist that he said that, and he's like, I cannot tell you how many you, times. And you know what stinks is if you come up with a really good idea, you could be the first one to get this thing. You could have been the first person to get that chip oh. on your shoulder tattoo. But then it ends up on Pinterest. It breaks loose, yeah, and then everybody starts getting it. You just get huddled into those masses of, oh, this guy wasn't original. He just did something that everybody else I'll did. bet in the time we do these commercials, I can come up with five, like, puns like that, you know, like a chip on my shoulder. I, I bet you I could come up with five quality ones that I bet nobody's had done. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, we've got full phone lines, so I want to get to those first. So, Lisa, did you cover them? Were you talking about tattoos that are a little, a little hackneyed or played out and... Um, you know, you might think about getting them just because right. they're super trendy. Did we did yeah. we mention all the ones that were kind of at the top? Um, no. There's some. Joanna brought up a good one earlier. The infinity symbol, of course, on someone's wrist. We're getting a lot of that one Ankle. on the uh, Facebook chat. We got uh, Jacob who's calling in. Hey, Jacob, what's uh, what's your take on the topic of tattoos? 
Hey, buddy. Hey, the what's of the moon? The phases of the moon. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sun and it's moon like combinations. Moon yeah, that is on the list. On, on the leg, I've seen it on people's forearms. <laughs> right, so it's got like a crescent and then a waning and then a, and then it goes through the whole thing. So there's probably yeah. like in total like 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 six moons all in a row or whatever. Yeah. And you think you think that's overdone? Yeah, that's You have t- tattoos, Jacob? I do. Yeah. I have a monkey on my back. The good one. See, there you go. I got a monkey on my back. That was one I was going to tell these guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very good. Thanks, Jacob. I love it. All right. What stuff radio? All right. Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> got to isolate that. What time is it? We've got Dewey. Hello, Dewey. Hey, how you doing this morning? Doing good. We're talking about tattoos. What? What gets overdone a little bit? Yeah, uh, I don't know about you know anymore, uh, but back in the late nineties. So ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. I saw a lot of the wolf howling at the moon. Like those were like everywhere. I've seen that on legs and especially like lower like calves. I've seen that oh, yeah. howling yeah. tattoo on that. Toss on top of that some of them trees and a couple of those yeah. mountain backgrounds. Maybe yeah. even a moon. <laughs> Lisa, do you see as many of the wolf tattoos as Dewey did in the nineties? Uh, you know, I, I think if you do put them together with um, like the mountains, and the trees, and then yeah, you you do see those. All right, thanks, Dewey. Welcome. All right, we'll I see. I saw you. a super dope one the other day, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess any of these could just look super cool because of the of the artwork, right? But that's what's yeah. That's kind of what sucks is that you know a, a tattoo artist when you go in there, you go, "This looks cool." I saw you do it to someone else, so can you do the exact same tattoo on me? Uh, most are gonna say no and they're going to change it a little bit just to make it unique in your own but i think in some ways that the tattoos that somebody has years down the road could kind of almost you know how how you tell how old a tree is by counting its rings mm-hmm. it's like you could tell how old somebody is by what kind of tattoo they got yeah it's like oh, oh you you got a tramp stamp well that you must have gotten that back in like the the mid nineties. You turned eighteen in nineteen ninety nine. I think you could get really close. Is uh, not a bad idea? Isabella, hi. Hello. Hi, Isabella. What's an overdone tattoo? Everything that I commonly see is the big rose tattoos on the thighs with the flower petals, sometimes yeah. a little quote surrounding it, all that stuff. I think that's probably a classic one. I think I've seen like even old timey tattoos a hundred years ago where it was mm-hmm. like a rose or whatever. I, um, yeah, everywhere I go, there's always some rose tattoo on some girl, no that, matter what. That's probably going to remain. I figure that's probably going to remain. Popular. There was a, a good like solid two, three years that my tattoo artist said he was doing at least three to four roses a day. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I got good at them, but because I had so many girls yeah. coming in for rose Look, tattoos all ro- the time. Rose is a flower that's packed with meaning, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Isabella. Thanks. All right. Thank you for calling. Let's talk to uh, Ray. Hi, Ray. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Good. I want to, you know, I I'm I know what Ray's is, and I I, I want to tell you something related to that, but I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you where I where I've seen it Ooh. a lot. But go ahead, Ray. What do you? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't really imagine, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, I know, like I was saying before, it's kind of a coincidence you guys are talking about tattoos because, as a matter of fact, later today I'm getting one. Oh, I'm yeah? going tomorrow. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding, right? <laughs> um, no, but. Uh, the one that I was trying to, that I was mentioning is because uh, I've been I've seen like different chicks in the past five, five years and it's trendy, 
the matching symbol tattoos but like on their shoulder blades like a mirror image but on the other side you know what i mean oh I'm, I'm like for example sh- if it's a star on their, on their right shoulder it's the same star on their left like matching tattoos like kind of weird like, like the, ta- the star tattoos on the shoulder yeah like any kind of symbols i've been I've yeah seen it. it's been trending uh, they did have on the list little sun moon or star combination so yeah that would yeah, totally but, count but i think you're talking about like the balance it matches on on either yeah, side yeah, of the exactly. shoulder blade yeah okay right thanks uh thanks for yeah, calling no Thank you. okay so, now how do you know <laughs> now i want your story okay so it's like either angels wings ah, yes, or angel bird wings. wings or even like demon wings and you see it in porn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, that is an age tattoo because I think that got popular around the time that Nicole R- Richie and Paris Hilton. Uh-huh. You think those angel tattoos? Nicole angel- Richie had angel wings on the back of her back. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of girls went, oh, cute. Do you know what Paris had on the back of her back? Jeez. What? <laughs> I gross. Oh, <laughs> buzz. Gross. I, so what I had happen was my first tattoo, it was the one that was on my left arm that's been covered up. But I picked it off of the wall at this one tattoo parlor. And do they look down at you for that if you just go in and pick something off their wall or, or not? I didn't get that vibe. Okay. But I was also an 18-year-old kid. So after I get the tattoo, the guy, the outline that he had used to put the tattoo on my arm, for some, I can't even remember why he did this, but he ended up tacking it up on the wall behind him um, where they have like a bunch of flyers and stuff like that. Now, fast forward four years later, I'm hanging out with my cousin and one of his friends, and my cousin's friend has no sleeves on his shirt. I look at his arm, and I'm like, that looks pretty familiar. And I rolled up my sleeve, and I'm like, how did you get the exact same tattoo as me? And he goes, oh, I went to this tattoo parlor, and they had it hanging up on the cork board, (laughs) and I picked it. And I was like, dude, that was like, that's literally mine. Like, you picked that off the thing. Of course, I couldn't complain too much because I picked it off the wall anyway. But it was interesting that that, for some reason, had remained up on that wall behind the artist. Yeah. And he he picked that one. See, the thing is, a lot of tattoo shops now don't have that kind of for that reason. I think that a lot of tattoo artists are now doing the... You know, take a piece of art and make it your own so you can get inspired by something that they've done Mm -hmm. and they're going to change it to fit you a little bit more. Like, so if you like a a certain picture with flowers or you want some kind of, okay, well, what flowers do you like? Okay, well, I'll do those instead because that's more towards you and what you want on your body. Um, A lot of them don't have like the boards anymore either, too. They have uh, books, portfolios. So you can flip through the portfolios. Flash pages. Yeah, uh, yeah, but the thing is, is that it's not much. uh, They're portraits more of portraits of their photos, because I think a lot of people are doing it more through Instagram and Facebook and other ways. So you can scroll through all of their artwork and go, okay, this guy is doing the style that I like. And then you can hit him up and say, hey, I want something like this with black and gray. And remember, this, this, this. we had an MI the a hole with something like this, where a person. I was trying to remember what story it was. They, this person had an idea for a tattoo, and I think they had already gotten it done. And when they were showing it off, or somebody was looking at it, somebody else liked it so much they wanted to get the exact same tattoo. So the first person was like, "All right, cool," and then they recommended this horrible tattoo, like a guy who was just learning. And did it out of his garage. And the person was wondering, am I the a-hole for doing this to this person who wanted the exact same tattoo as me? Mm. No, you're not. Get your own damn tattoo. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's why most tattoo artists won't do like like the one that I'm supposed to get tomorrow, which we don't know. We're gonna go to dinner tonight. We'll find out later. But so it's a style of a tattoo that I like that he did on someone else. And I said, hey, I like that. I like the way it looks, but do it for me. And he goes, okay. So what I'm gonna do instead is I'll switch the arms up. I'm gonna change out all of the flowers that are in there and put flowers instead that represent you better as a person. We're gonna change the position on your body to something else. So you can always take a tattoo that you like and say, I'm inspired by this. Now make it something for me. And then the funny part was is I was gonna have him hide in it because he's just my 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 other tattoo guy. He's a super big Harry Potter nerd, and I'm a super big Harry Potter nerd. So I was gonna be like hide a Deathly Hollow symbol in there. And then I'm looking at this list of the number one thing is the Deathly Hollow symbol from Harry mm. Potter. Hey, <laughs> and I already have one on me. <laughs> I had a hidden Mickey put into my sleeve. See, that's what I wanted. Like, just a little hidden, like, Elder Wand and, like, the, yeah. Here are some of the, like, if you wanted to get a pun one, like the, the chip on your shoulder, like you're talking about. Actually, mm-hmm. Monkey on My Back was one that I thought of. <laughs> get a, get the sun and put it, like, on, on your shoulder. Uh-huh. And then you... Because you're a big John Denver fan, sunshine on my shoulder makes. <laughs> All right, okay. All right. All right, that didn't land. <laughs> get get like a Snickers bar or a lollipop or any you know lot mm-hmm. of on your arm. Arm candy. Ah, <laughs> see what you did there. All right, I like that one. <laughs> the word albatross, but it goes around your neck, like all the way around your neck. You've got an albatross around your neck. Okay, that's that's more of a literary one, I guess. Okay. Um, how about this? Like a bird, and it's in, on the palm of your hand, and then you get two birds, and you put them right around your uh, pubis. I'm okay. A bird in hand is worth two in a bush. Yeah, bird in hand is worth two in a bush. Yeah, Brandon. Brandon picked up on that yeah. one. I got one for you. Wait, hold on a second. All right, what is yours? I would get a tattoo of a bee. Yeah. And then the black and yellow part, it spells Adams. Buzz Adams? It'd be Buzz Adams. All right. <laughs> oh, we just got another one that a lot of people get. All right, what's the, that? The lips on the neck. Oh, yeah. That's been around a while. Though. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, how about this one? You got a ham... Uh, it's all on your fingers. You got a hamburger... You've got a hot dog. You've got a turkey leg. You've got... Okay. It's, it's finger food. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> you could get a bottle of grape jelly tattooed right on the top of your foot towards uh, the front. All right, hold on. Let me think. A bottle of grape jelly uh, on top of your foot? Yeah, just towards the, the front of your foot. The front of your foot. Jelly toes? That'd be toe jam. Toe Jam! Ah. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, we're all set to get into news headlines. We had some good calls there uh, about the uh, tattoos that are kind of played out. Let me read the best of the comment section at Facebook. You can follow the Buzz Adams Morning Show on Facebook and see what we're doing. And uh, join in the chat or read the chat, but some of the comments about Tattoos that just seem to be, a, uh, you know, a little too common these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one. Renee says, the gun stuffed into the garter on girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Uh, lips on the neck. 
And then somebody said, <laughs> Anthony said, every other guy in Las Cruces has, and then he's got the emoji of the lip like a kiss <laughs> on, on his neck. Dang. I like Tina's. What's that, what's that say? A couple of years ago, my husband and two boys were looking for a family tattoo. So we settled on a family crest. It was a tube of toothpaste that said family crest. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Eric says plague doctors are popular right now. Like mm. a tattoo of a plague doctor? Mm. Ah, yes, to commemorate this plague we're all going through. Yeah, the great time we're in. Um, Martin, uh, I must not have heard Brandon. Brandon's very first one is the Dreamcatchers. You see Dreamcatcher tattoos yeah. everywhere, so Martin yeah. agrees with that. Make an appointment for the future. Give yourself some time to think uh, about it. Biani says, I used to see the tribal tattoo that looked more like fat barbed wire. <laughs> oh. Spider webs on elbows. Ugh, gosh, That's kind of like... I, painful. Yeah, is painful. more of a prison thing? Either Dude. prison or like like rock. You know, as in like in a band. So spider spider webs on the elbows gets uh, mentioned quite a bit. All right, time Jeez. to get into our news headlines for today. Interviews between the president and legendary journalist Bob Woodward have gone public before the release of his new book. In the audio, president discusses the severity of the COVID nineteen pandemic and why he has been downplaying it to the world. After the audio became public, the White House denied that the president had intentionally lied, and the president defended his remarks. In Warren, Michigan, on Wednesday, campaign rival and Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden, he insisted otherwise and said that the president's actions, they have resulted in nothing more than needless deaths for this country. I, w- I was reading what was coming out and, and that it was confirmed and, and that they have Trump on tape you know, saying all this stuff. And I thought, okay, well, this is it. I mean, this is the point where there's no defending this, that he knew how serious it was in February. Apparently, that's what they're going to do. They're going to say, oh, well, he did it for your own good. That doesn't make any sense. So I was looking back at, like, sound clips. It's like, this would be really bad considering he called it a hoax. And so I'm looking back at some of the sound clips. Here are some of the Trump sound clips since February. Um, Trump Trump says he pushed to slow testing down. Trump wants people to inject with disinfectant. Trump calls it a Dem hoax. Uh, Trump comments downplaying starting in January. COVID, Trump denies. Trump, nobody knew how contagious it was. Uh, Trump says country should open by Easter. Hmm. You promised. You us. promised you weren't going to stop you so we could get through news in one break. Us. I was just one nah. break. No, you <laughs> promised before the show that you were going to let Lisa get through the news. You were going to shut up about this, but we were going just to so bring we could do news in one break. Yeah, just so we could get through the news in one break, and you could not help yourself. No, I can't because I'm looking here at all the time since February. That, but we that had a special time set for you for you to and be you able said to do no. This. You said and no. I even called man. You said like Lisa flat out asked you, and you said yeah, I will stay quiet. Uh-huh. I won't bring it up. And I looked at you. I said we're going to hold you to that. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll do do the show yourself then. Cool, let's go. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right. I just want to uh, make clear before we go on, and I I just want to make sure you guys hear me. Oh, you can hear it now, you can hear it later. 
I get that you guys have a good time making my job more difficult. No, we don't. No, we don't. You do. You kind of live for it. No, we don't. Oh, my God, bud. No, we don't. Oh, my God. Someone call a wambulance. <laughs> Look, if I, if I decide, oh, I'm going to talk about this thing, this Woodward book, we're going to talk about the Woodward book. That's we all there is no, to it. We had no yeah. problems with okay, that. Okay, fine. Then- the problem with it was is that we all discussed this morning. I asked you. Do you want me to give a full segment to it so that we can really yep. dive into it and get down into it? And you said, no, we don't need to do that. We don't need to give full segments to this. And I said, okay, well, then are you going to let me go through news and fully finish news? And you said, yes, I won't interrupt you. That's the problem that we're having right now is that we specifically, I said, do you want to give 7B? I'll bring it up last so we can bring it up in the next segment and really Here, get dive deep thing. into I, it. I, I, I get the feeling, and Lisa, I get this feeling from you, is that it would just be easier to ignore what's going on in the country. No. Absolutely Specifically not. as it pertains to, to how, these, dis, these concerning it, things that we find out about the How is it that me saying, can, do you want me to bring it up last so we can do a full segment on it, me not wanting to discuss it? Well, how is that you, me you wanting made, to spend a whole 15, 20 minutes talking about it? How is it me not wanting to discuss it? How is me saying, okay, okay. let's start off 5A, let's start off with it, let's do one segment an hour so we can talk about it and give dedicated, undivided attention to this? And you said, no, we don't need to do that. All right. Explain your comment. This isn't the Bash Trump show. I didn't say that. Yeah, she didn't say that. I didn't what, say that. What did you say? I said. There's nothing even remotely close to that. that. Was, no, I told no. you the See, problem See, if you guys aren't going to be is, honest. I what mean, are you talking That's about? what she just said. This isn't the Bash Trump show. And I said, in response to that, when the, when the story is this big, it's going to be whatever I say it is. We said, if it's the Bash Trump show, then it's going to be that. We the said the problem we have with it right now is we <clears throat> asked you to give a full segment 7B and we can talk about it. And you said, no, that's not necessary. Well, I won't look, interrupt news. I don't I, I don't want to do this with you guys, because what I would rather do is focus on, hey, I think this is really interesting. We're talking about, uh, you know, what the president was telling Bob Woodward in February. And I I looked up as as it's going on. I looked up. Audio that I just had a feeling might be more important in the future, so I saved it along with the dates, and I just wanted to interject that. But now it's turned into this whole thing. Uh, you said you weren't going to talk How about it. How come earlier I, you didn't want to dedicate a full segment to it? Yeah, when because we asked I think you to do ridic- one an hour. I, because I don't want things planned down to the second, you guys. I think you've been on the show long enough to know that. I want to have some room to adjust and do things you know, on the fly if I want to. I, I think that, honestly, I think the show has become a little too planned out. <laughs> okay. To okay. tell you the truth. Okay, what happened yesterday when there was no plan? <laughs> what did he keep doing? He, he's like, and coming up next. He looks at the board. show. Okay, it sounds like I'm superfluous then. I mean, if you guys want to want to do the show, here's what I would recommend. Go find a radio station that will give you your show. And then you can go head to head against me and we can see how that works out. What we're saying is is that you're just you're not working with us though. When we're asking you in the beginning of the day, I don't, hey, okay, here's can the we thing. do this? And you say no, that's not but necessary. Look, we're in seven B now. You could have had this. You could have been talking right about this this whole time. Yeah, we could have finished right news. Who cares? And we could have done it. Look, let's okay, look, we're gonna we wanna talk about it. We so can let's talk about trick or treating later. And then we can talk about <laughs> the Toy Hall of Fame after that, and then we can progress on with the show rather than bickering because I guarantee yeah. the vast this majority. Fun for people to listen. I don't think so either. 
Great. Better then let's get into it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Bring up your clips. Let's talk about it. Let's hear. It's almost like I negotiate. Okay, we'll talk about the Toy Hall of Fame if I can mention high treason. I mean, no. it's it, that seems like it's the argument that we keep having, guys. No, no it's Why? not. No. You're making stuff up in your head. Literally. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, all right. <laughs> that's you know the what? definition of it. We're, <sighs> we're, we're literally saying, go ahead, talk about it. You know what? Talk about it for the rest of the show. Look. I, I just need to know, are you going to be on my team and make the show as good as it can be, or are you going to constantly block and belittle and make it difficult to do the show? Because if I if I had that information, I could I could lay out a, a plan for what I'm going to do. Okay. And no but you way don't want to plan, no, but don't plan too much. You didn't remember, you don't want to plan too much. <laughs> no, let's not be too planned, you guys. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I get the feeling people are looking forward to Halloween maybe even more this year that they have in past years, thinking, okay, by the time Halloween gets here, maybe we'll be able to do some fun stuff. But you're telling me it looks like a lot of cities are planning on Halloween being very different this year. One of the biggest cities, and well, technically it's a county, Los Angeles County, they're saying Halloween is canceled this year. Um, They said they have led the charge by issuing formal guidance now recommending against so they first out they flat out banned trick-or-treating but after so much um outcry from the public they decided to go ahead and recommend against trick-or-treating this year uh they also have uh banned haunted houses halloween festivals and uh other traditional festivities um that would be against current covid health guidelines all right i think a haunted house would be pretty hard to pull off unless you did it like a car wash where you drive through something and people jump out and <laughs> scare you through right. your windshield or whatever. Mm-hmm. Trick-or-treating, is but that... You know what you could possibly do? You know how they do some of those zombie paintballs? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you could do... I mean, obviously, the people who are playing the zombies, they would somehow... Like, you wouldn't be able to have a horde of zombies. Right. But <laughs> the zombies would have to social Six distance. Six feet apart. Yeah, the zombies <laughs> would have to social distance, too. But you could do something like that. Just saying, where we usually have our haunted house, it's a paintball field. Just throwing that out there. Well, and I, you're seeing a lot of different countries and uh, doing like uh, the drive-by or the drive-through haunted houses, things like that, um, instead this year. So um, maybe that could be something, but um, they're saying haunted houses and carnivals, they still aren't going to be allowed in Los Angeles County. Uh, but they say that trick-or-treating, instead of being banned, is now being not recommended. Um, well, do you think a lot of people are going to trick-or-treat anyway? I would imagine it'd be way down. Like, I don't think that we're <laughs> planning on doing it, even if even if we technically can. I don't think that that's in our plans this year. Like, why would we want to go door-to-door to strange people's houses where you have, you know, everybody's ringing that doorbell and they're touching the doorbell and yeah. the bowl of candy and it's just... The only way I could I, see I, trick-or-treating maybe is like you sit on your porch, they don't come within six feet, and you just toss it into their candy bag. those yeah, like candies at them. Yeah. I guess you could make an argument. It's like, how is my taking my kid out to trick-or-treat for one night worse than football games where they're inviting people to go and gather in the thousands? This is how I would think of it. One, you're passing by on streets with a bunch of random people. So you're having to pass on sidewalks, very small sidewalks, and uh, going to people's houses, ringing doorbells, touching. On the the plus side, you probably got a mask on, though. Hopefully, if your costume has a mask. Uh, But 
Yeah, uh, most of the theme parks in Los Angeles have already uh, canceled their plans. Not Scary Farm, uh, Disneyland, Halloween uh, Halloween Horror Nights have all been canceled because of the pandemic. So a lot of those uh, are going to be canceled, but they said that... uh, What about... Okay, I'm just brainstorming here, okay? How about if people left a bowl of candy out on their porch, honor system, you know, take one. No, because the then thing everybody is, else is grabbing in. There. Oh, then it's everybody yeah. else's yeah. hand is in the mix too. Because I thought about okay. that too. I was like, maybe I'll just leave like a bowl of candy. But then I was like, no, because then you're still having people. There is some things that they say they are allowing in uh, Los Angeles County, and they say Halloween movie nights at drive-in theaters. They meet health and safety standards, as well as online parties and car parades that comply with vehicle parade protocols. But even then, I see that as... Like our parade? If you're, yeah. yeah. You're throwing candy. Yeah. People are swarming around while you're throwing the candy out. So that just kind of doesn't seem like it would be a good option either. I think somebody would have come up with like a plan B for Halloween by now. I thought of what we could do for our Halloween parade, at least hmm. for costumes for us. All right. Okay. We could go as... Everybody who has something to hurl the candy where you're not going to touch it, like a highlight player where you've oh. got that big scoop, you know, you could use that to throw the candy. We could have lacrosse. one person. Like a lacrosse stick. Yeah, a lacrosse. You could also have somebody dressed up as Dennis the Menace and he's using a slingshot. How about we just throw out little individual size bottles of hand sanitizer? There you go. I guess the hand sanitizer on the outside could still technically have COVID-19. Well... It's official. Get a t-shirt gun. It's official. COVID-19 is a serious concern. The president said so back in February. Do you want to hear what's uh, up for the the Toy Hall of Fame? Yeah. All right. So it seems like every year they include something that's like, oh, that that's not so much a toy as it is like a piece of nature uh, an or example like, there is oh, you know the cardboard box that you made yeah. a fort out of when you were a kid because you didn't want to play with the toy that was inside it one year they included stick just a stick <laughs> and it's like yeah kids do who play voted with for that dog well it's like that's like that's like plank. man it's like <laughs> that's like plank from ed ed and eddie remember that one dude's got plank he drew the face on it Love it. Or log from Ren and Stimpy. <gasps> it's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's log, it's log. It's better than bad, it's good. Everyone, Everyone needs a log. log. Everyone loves a log. The National Toy Hall of Fame just announced the 12 finalists for its 2020 class. Let's uh, let's do this. Everybody have a sound effect, and we'll hear you if you if you had one. In your house, let's say it, it counts if you had a, like an older brother or sister who had one. Okay. All right, here you go. The finalists this year are... What's your what's your sound effect going to be, Sanchez? All right, Joanna. Oh, All right. yeah. No, that's me. Oh, Joanna. No, Joanna. Hold on, I'm looking for my sound. All right, effect. here's mine. <laughs> I'm just going to go with. Okay. Brandon, let me hear yours again. There you go. I thought right. it would be. Oh, I found mine. I need- ah, there we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. Baby Nancy doll. <laughs> what? Who? I never heard of it. I'm thinking of uh, Baby Nancy, Nancy from the the craft. <laughs> I need to get Joanna these sound effects, by the way. So the next time we do something like this, she uh-huh. can play. Oh! <laughs> All right. Next up for the Toy Hall of Fame finalist list, Bingo. Yeah, I, we, had a, we played it in school. We had it when we were. Like, we had a version of it in in my house. Yeah, we had an at home version. Does Loteria count? 
uh, Briar Toy Horses. I don't. That is spelled B R E Y E R. Nobody? I don't think so. I don't know. Jen- uh, no, I don't think I ever had those. I, I think I had friends that did. Jenga. Oh, yeah. Got it at the bar right now. <laughs> Was that everybody? Oh, yeah. yeah. Light bright. That wasn't that cool. I didn't have a light bright, but I, one time when I was a kid, I had to stay with a babysitter, and this babysitter gave me her light bright to play with. Well, it was in a certain pattern to make a flower. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to remember. I was real. I was like seven. So it's little pegs go in and light stuff up. Well, I started putting the little pegs into the places where the hole wasn't poked out, and the babysitter was so mad because I ruined her light bright. Like, <laughs> you were only supposed to put them in the ones where the holes already existed. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make my own picture. Uh, He-Man action figures. Oh, 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 yeah! Alright, that's four in a row from Brandon. Brandon had He-Man. Masters of the Universe, baby. I had all of Did them. Did you have his sidekick, Ram Man? I had all of them, dude. Mechanic, Man-at-Arms, all of them. Castle Grayskull, Snake Mountain. At the time, were you aware that, that He-Man and all of his friends dressed like bondage enthusiasts? They and at San Francisco, in? they dressed in, as bondage enthusiasts? Well, I was four, so yeah. I don't think that that was top of mind awareness for me. All right. But, I mean, I, I seriously had every single He-Man toy for at least the first two years. When they got to the Horde and stuff like that was when... I started to outgrow He-Man, and I became a man at the age of six. All right, here's we got like four more. My Little Pony. Okay. Risk. Oh yeah, I think I still got it too. I mean, I have a newer. What version. is Risk? Because I'm picturing like stri- a game of I'm, world domination. That's Stratego. Stratego. Right? That's the poor man's risk, probably. <laughs> well, I mean, they're both, they're, I think they're both Are they similar. similar? But, the, but the way that, that risk is set up is you have, it's basically a map of, of the, world. the world. And then all the countries, and you build armies, and you roll dice, and you move on from there. It was kind of oh, okay, a precursor yeah. to video games like um, Civilization and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we had that. Sidewalk chalk. I mean, I had chalk. That counts, doesn't it? I sure. recently bought chalk. I bought chalk, too. I bought some glow-in-the-dark chalk. All right, here you go. This is the name of a game. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I have that at home right now. Is that the one where the dice were in a bubble in the middle? Yeah, and you, and pun- you, pop, and you pop the dice, and then that way you wouldn't lose the dice, I yeah. guess? Kinda yeah, kind of genius. I had that. Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, mine always died. I know. I'd forget. Or I'd forget to clean their poop. Their poop? Yeah. It would die. Lisa, did you ring in on that one? Yeah. I always killed mine by poop on accident. <laughs> Yahtzee. Love Yahtzee, man. That was the go-to I've camping game. I don't think I've ever played Yahtzee. I, never? Uh-uh. Never. What is it about? Uh, dice. Like it has a plastic cup and dice and you roll. And I mean, it's not all that much. I only It's know not that much unlike. In like, an episode of Golden Chilo. Girls, uh, Sophia's playing one game and then she yells, Yahtzee. And they're and like, they, the Ma, we're playing. Get, like, you, you, like you get three rolls and 
this time you you want to get sixes, and, and so she, you can't you like, add up Ma, how many sixes we're you get and stuff like gin. that. And she's like, "Oh, gin, I win." Uh, so there you go, baby Nancy doll, bingo, Briar toy horses, Jenga, light bright He Man action figures, My Little Pony, Risk, Sidewalk Chalk, Sorry, Tamaguchi, is that what you? Tamagotchi. Those are huge. I think I was in the second or third grade. Yep. Everybody had Are those the ones they'd chirp and you had to feed them or yep. you had to give them attention or they'd yep. die or whatever? Yep. No, it's already married. Yeah, we found out that Lisa and Joanna out. killed theirs with poop. Yeah. And I forgot to feed mine. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right. You ready for some entertainment news, Joanna? Let me hear it. There you go. There's the theme song. Joanna's going to tell us what's happening in Hollywood around the world of entertainment. Yep. Good morning. Good morning. When filming on the Falcon and Winter Soldier series was suspended earlier this year due to the pandemic, a lot of fans panicked. We'll panic no more because it looks like the Falcon and Winter Soldier has reportedly resumed filming in Atlanta. Fans knew it was only a matter of time before they expected to be in Atlanta soon. It seems like the cat may be out of the bag. Photographers and fans have been following the production as the Marvel series filmed in other countries and made its way back. So it seems cl- uh, clear that Disney Plus, the Disney Plus show will have a spectacle for days. But the only question that remains is, will it be ready for the streaming platform by the end of the year? Probably not. Over on Disney Plus, the only information available on the show is that it's coming fall 2020. But with filming having only resumed, I'm sure it's going to change very soon. Set after the events of Avengers Endgame, plot specifics for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier are still being tightly kept under wraps for now. However, word has it that the show will tackle Sam Wilson's journey into properly assuming the role of the new Captain America. Yeah! As for Bucky, details are more scarce when it comes to his individual arc in the project. Yeah. Well, because in the comics, they both at one point take over as Captain America. As Captain America? Yeah. The Winter Soldier does it, and um, the Falcon as well. I could see it as a like a uh, like a madcap intergenerational like mix-ups all the time. Mm-hmm. You remember because the Winter Soldier was in suspended animation since the 1940s. <laughs> it's like every time they're going into a restaurant, he's like, "Well, let's find out where the colored seating is." Oh, I forgot. We're in 2020. <laughs> Disney has reportedly decided on how to proceed with Black Panther 2. According to the website, we got this covered. The plan at the moment is for T'Challa to be written out of Black Panther 2 before the story starts, as he'll apparently die off screen. Shuri will then assume the mantle and become Wakanda's new protector on a permanent basis. Details beyond that remain unclear, but the film itself will no doubt look to pay respect to an actor that inspired a generation and convinced them that they could all be heroes. You know, how, much, how much you want to bet that movie starts out with uh, the funeral? Oh, for T'Challa? Yeah. Heart. I just, my gut's telling me that, man. I wonder if they're kind of regretting that they killed off Michael B. Jordan. They could have left that a little more well, open, and see, maybe Killmonger comes back and takes over his Black Panther. He does in the comic books a few times. He comes but back? Yeah, he comes back. I forgot. It's the altar of something. But they take uh, his body, and he co- he gets resurrected. So maybe they could do that if they went with that comic book storyline. Oh, I forgot. He's only comic book dead. Yeah, you know exactly. What? Yeah. Comic, <laughs> pu- comic book Superman. dead is more alive than most real people. Agent Coulson. Um. Can tell you all about it. <laughs> Agent Coulson died in the comics again. Yeah, see? Just, uh, last year or two years ago, Deadpool killed him. Yeah, so he could potentially be brought back, but um, I, I think I Nobody really think stays give it to daughter. dead in the comic, except Chadwick Boseman, I guess. Oh. oh. Really? Still too soon. Too soon, but He was arcing. 
Wakanda forever. Mbabe! <laughs> In space, no one can hear you cranking up a new alien movie. Director Ridley Scott confirmed to Forbes that a new film of the in the iconic space horror saga is in the works, but he says the new film is unlikely to take place in the prequel universe visited by the two most recent films, 2012's Prometheus and 2017's Alien Covenant. No date, casting, or plot details for the new Alien film were revealed. Back in June, ComicBook.com reported that two producers were working on a script idea that might involve the world of dreams and would include iconic character Ellen Ripley, but Sigourney Weaver herself hinted that that same month that it might be time to give Ripley a rest. And finally, the end is nigh for The Walking Dead. Sort of. The zombie apocalypse series based on Robert Kirkman's comics is coming to an end in 2022 with an expanded 11th season. However, fans of the once highest rated show on the small screen shouldn't fret too much at the loss of the mother show. AMC has already given the go-ahead to a new The Walking Dead spinoff featuring fan favorites Norman Reedus and Melissa McBride in their roles as Daryl and Carol. Oh, I hadn't heard about that one. Mm, the, de- the pandemic delayed The Walking Dead's season 10 finale, which will now air as a special episode on October 4th, with 10 additional episodes to air in 2021 for the current cycle. And tearing out a page of the playbook that AMC used for the end of Mad Men and Breaking Bad, the 11th and final season of the once blockbuster The Walking Dead will run over two years for a grand total of 24 episodes. And with entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Brandon, you just gave me word that uh, actress Diana Rigg passed away. Yeah, she did. Uh, it's said just today. Does everybody remember who Diana Rigg is? No, I'm very confused. She played, you know who Diana She was in Game Rigg of Thrones. She, she was Lady Tyrell, the <gasps> older woman. Yeah. Oh my gosh, tell Cersei it was me. Yes, that's her. Yeah, uh, yeah yes. tell Cersei Iconic. it was me. She, she was a hottie too when she was younger. I, you know what I remember her from most? The Great Muppet Caper. <laughs> I like it. she played the bad guy. Uh, she was maybe most famous uh, for playing Emma Peel in the TV series The Avengers. It didn't have Captain America the Hulk in it. It was something different. And she was in uh, the Bond movie On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, she was a... Gosh, you know who she actually looks a lot like, too? Natalie hmm. Dormer. Who yeah, played okay. Marjorie Tyrell? Yeah, the younger Lo- version of Diana Rigg looks a lot like Natalie. Dormier. That is crazy. She, Buzz, you should look it up. Like they look, there's a side by side of the two of them, and they have the same mouth, the same kind of eye shape. Like that was nose. Great casting right there. Who did they cast first, Diana Rigg or? Uh, oh crud! I'm That's brought, a good question, Marjorie. No, no like who idea. showed up on the show first? Um, I don't remember. I think Diana Rigg might have showed up. No, I think because we met Marjorie because she was married to the Baratheon, remember? And so we, I think we met her and her brother first, and then the Tyrell, the older Tyrells came into play once the marriage was happening. Right. Okay. Well. Wow, that is great. Great uh, Diana Rigg uh, passed away, and she was 82. Uh, statement said uh, Ms. Rigg passed away peacefully early this morning at home with her family, so. Yeah, her daughter, actress Rachel Sterling, she posted, My beloved Ma died peacefully in her sleep this early this morning at home, surrounded by family. She died of cancer diagnosed in March wow. and spent her last months joyfully reflecting on her extraordinary life, full of love, laughter, and a deep pride in her profession. 
God, she was great in Game of Thrones. Man. Wow, there's a ton of articles that Natalie Dormer looks creepily identical oh, to oh, really? <laughs> There's a bunch of articles about it where they're talking about it. Uh, also, she was originally one of uh, the choices for Daenerys Targaryen. Who, Diana Rigg? Uh, Natalie Dormer. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh, more like grand, great-grandmother of dragons is more like it. <laughs> Let's uh, check some TV listings for tonight. First of all, big story, the NFL returns with a special edition of Sunday Night Football on Thursday night. So this is, it means it's going to be on NBC. And the uh, Chiefs are hosting the Houston Texans uh, tonight. And uh, the kickoff is 7.20 Central, 6.20 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, football is back. Ba-dum, ba-dum, doo-ka-doo, this is an NBC, though. It is on NBC. Yeah. <laughs> also on TV tonight, the season finale of Holy Moly on ABC. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Holy Moly. But I saw it's one episode. It's so dumbest. stupid. It's so stupid. It's putt-putt combined with American Ninja Warrior. Listen, I don't have cable, so I only listen to shows that Buzz tells me, like, oh, that one's funny, or that one's interesting. Like, that's how I got into Titan Games one day at my parents' house. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch it. And then I found myself fully invested on several episodes You of didn't that get show. hooked on Holy Moly? I watched one episode, and I, but I watched <laughs> it mostly for the Riggle guy. For Rob Riggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was great. Following uh, the season finale of Holy Moly, I guess it wasn't really the season finale because it's a one-hour special. Holy Moly 2, the sequel, special, <laughs> Unhinged Part 1. Joe Tessitore and uh, Rob Riggle take a look back on the best and worst moments of the first two seasons. So it's like a retrospective. Over on ABC, there's... Uh, you know, that some, like, somebody's like, dude, we need a filler. We have like an hour to kill after the Holy Moly season finale. Yeah, let's just do a let's Holy do Moly a recap, best of. man. It's like when those... Remember, when shows would do clip episodes, somebody's remembering things, and it's just mm-hmm. a clip show. It's to save money because they don't really have a story for it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when The Simpsons did their first clip show, and they were like really drawing attention that it was a lazy way to do a show. Yep. Uh, Shark Attack, the Paige Winter story, uh, airs tonight at 9 o'clock on ABC. And uh, that's what's happening on TV. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Here is a question that I think uh, deserves an answer, and it's from our Facebook chat. Uh, Jacob wants to know, what does Brandon use to shave his head? (laughs) Listen listen to what he says. Looks amazing. Around San Antonio, they charge so much for a straight razor shave. I used to do the straight razor on it, uh, but I don't think I've done that in maybe a couple of years. Would you do it yourself? Yeah. How long long does it take? I've cut my own hair for... 23 years now. How long does it take to do the whole the whole dome? Um, When I would do the straight razor, it took a little bit longer. It would take maybe about 15 minutes. Lisa, um, put Brandon on. Everybody, he's on there. Everybody deserves to see. It takes a couple the, seconds the, for it to load. To see my bald ass head. Yeah, everybody deserves. I hadn't noticed, but he's right. That is very slick. <laughs> um, like I could see the light on top of your head. But see, well, that's really because it's thin <laughs> up there. That's why you can see do you that. moisturize? No. No? No. Really? Oh. That's an El Natural. He says in San Antonio they charge so much for a straight razor shave. So what do you use? Just your your standard wall 
clippers that you pick up at like a Target or Walmart or something? How often do you typically mm, shave it down? About every five days. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to talk Nico into going that way, but he brings up some he good said, points. Man, when you were gone, he said that he was going to do it on air, and then he just kept every morning at like 6 a.m., hey, buddy, um, so the floor guys are coming today, and I got to stay here for them. Oh, the, every the floor day. guys. I don't think it would look good on him. I mean, some people, it suits them. I've been very fortunate. I think it suits you. That I've, I'm thin up top, but I'm fortunate enough that if I do shave it, it doesn't look odd. I I think he might have like a mutant shaped head. That's why I wouldn't do it because I think my head might just look like like those underground people on uh, Return to Planet of the Apes. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve Kaplowitz joins us now. Steve, good morning. Hey, good morning. Let's uh, start with the miners because I heard they won, and I read you know the report on it in the newspaper. Uh, can you tell us a little more about it? Uh, how how they look? They were playing a team that's not you know really well. It's going to be a lot different when they face off against the Longhorns here. But mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about the game on Saturday. They started off slow. Uh, they were down fourteen to three in the second quarter. I was nervous and worried at that point that this uh, season might be. A lot worse than I expected. And then they came alive, scored the last 21 points, did not allow a single point on defense, forced a couple turnovers. Interception, um, run back. El, that's right. El Paso in uh, Deion Hankins had a uh, a monster second half, scored a couple touchdowns, ran for over 100 yards. Any idea on attendance? You know, he, I was kind of curious how many people were going to turn out for the game on Saturday. I thought I thought they might get a good turnout considering – you know, they had to limit how many people could get in. They had over 6,000. Okay. So they did have over 6,000 uh, announced for the game, and that's probably pretty accurate given the fact that, you know, they could only hold 8,500 uh, or so fans. But, no, the crowd, um, you know, the crowd was pretty, uh, was was excited and into it, as you would expect for the fans that did go back. 6,047 was the official announced okay. attendance uh, for the game on Saturday. And then... Um, and it ha- and the capacity was about eighty five hundred and ninety four. So they were they were short capacity, but I mean, look, they played uh, they they played well uh, from really the the second quarter on. And I like the quarterback, Gavin Hardison. He's a sophomore. He's got a cannon for an arm. He threw the ball really well. They got a couple of good wide receivers. The offense was not uh, the same kind of offense you've seen the last couple of years. They they were more pass-oriented, and uh, when they couldn't run the ball, they were looking to throw the ball. So, um, you know, I thought that uh, the defense stepped up. They played well, and look, the Miners were supposed to win, but I was happy that they ended up uh, really putting together a, a great, uh, you know, a great three quarters what, and, and ended up winning. What would you consider a good result for the Miners against UT? I mean, nobody's going to say the Miners are going to go in there and beat the Longhorns, but what would be a good takeaway from that matchup? If they could stay within four touchdowns, I would be thrilled. Yeah. Um, you know, the line is so. What, so basically, points? if you could, if you could stay within thirty points, the line is forty-two. <laughs> yeah, 
It opened at 42. I think it's jumped up, if I'm not mistaken, to 43 now. I've got to see how, um, you know, what the what the spread is. It's up to 43. But, so it but you think 42, within now with, it's 43. Within four touchdowns is is respectable yeah. and trying try, and, try I mean, and get out with as few injuries as possible. Look, nobody. I don't care if you're the biggest diehard UTEP fan in the world. You're not going to say the Miners are going to beat the Longhorns. That's not happening. So you're right. Um, if you can, if you can look like you belong. And go out there with a nothing-to-lose mentality and just come out and and try to play strong right out of the gate. There's only going to be 25,000 fans, not 100,000, because there's also the, the, you know, they're limiting at uh, Darrell K. Royal uh, Texas Memorial Stadium their attendance to. How many? 25,000? 25,000. Okay. So it's going to be louder than they're used to, but not ridiculous. It's not like, you know, you go to a normal Texas game and the place is packed with fans everywhere. And I was there the last time that Miners played the Longhorns. That was when Aaron Jones broke that big touchdown run uh, early on. Um, But, you know, I just hope UTEP comes out. They're not intimidated. And you said it best. The biggest key for them in this game, forget the score, forget all that stuff. Come out of this game healthy. Because the last thing you want is to see any key players, or anybody for that matter, get hurt in a game like now, this. So I, wanna, I just hope that the Miners come out healthy. I want to run something by you, and I'm sure that it's a very naive, maybe even a stupid question. Okay, here goes. Why don't the Miners play more teams like Stephen F. Austin? What's the what's the difference? They're both Division One schools, right? They are. One is FBS and one is FCS. Why so don't we drop FCS down? is a low because <laughs> you know why you don't drop down? That's not a terrible idea. Yeah. Well, it I, is a terrible I, idea. I think it part of it has idea. to do is we still want to compete at a very high level as far as our basketball program goes. Okay. Yes. Is that is that tied into it? No, it has nothing to do with okay, it. Then, okay, then, <laughs> then, they, then they I think down. it is not a bad Explain to me why it is a bad idea. Drop down to something where... You know, you could be as good or better competitive. Than, competitive, sure. Why not? Okay, let's just let's just say UTEP's the best FCS team in the country, right? The best. Yeah, I um, wouldn't go overboard. How many? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they only beat uh, <laughs> Stephen F. Austin. How many fans do you think they would draw? How many fans do you think they would draw if they were the best FCS team in the country? More than they do getting destroyed everywhere. I think you'd be more likely to see no, fans of the team that's winning on the field. I totally disagree. I think with people want to go there. If you're and beating a bunch of nobodies that fans don't care about. You'll get maybe five thousand, ten thousand fans. Whereas if you are, if you, if you're good in terms of beating FBS opponents, which we've seen over the years, when Mike Price had those two great seasons, they were drawing forty-five thousand, fifty thousand a game, and that's where the money comes in. So I just don't. I don't think. I'll tell you right now, if you ask most diehard fans that go to these games, and let's be honest, if you're going to UTEP games over the last three or four years when they're winning one or no games a year, you're a diehard, right? We asked those fans once. We, we posed the question on Sports Talk and said, if they dropped to FCS, would you care? Even if they won, would you care? And everybody that called in said, nope, not a thing. Nobody would care. So, but what about honestly, the fans that don't go because they're tired of watching a team lose? Yeah, you're you're talking about the diehards, and that's a pretty small pool. I mean, there there are people that are going to follow the miners no matter what because they went there and because they're you know the hometown team and stuff. But maybe more people would tune up, turn up to see yeah. the miners if they could if they could play a little more competitively. 
Why don't you ask the question on your show and ask the fans, would you rather have you, yeah. Jeff? I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Would you Would you rather keep things where they are in FBS and, and in the Conference USA or potentially the Mountain West, which is where I think they'll end up in the, down the road? I do. I think that with this administration in place, the new administration, I believe that the next time there is conference reshuffling, I think UTEP is going to really position themselves aggressively to go to the Mountain West, which would join all their old whack opponents outside of BYU. So all the schools that fans remember growing up around here in the, you know, the 80s and 90s, they would see those schools come in again. Like Wyoming. New Mexico included. New Mexico. Wyoming, Colorado State, San Diego State, Air Force, Hawaii, that whole group, okay? And um, I, I believe that ultimately if the Miners can – look, here's the thing. They're trying to build the program, all right? They are, they're trying. And if they can make this thing a program that consistently can win between five and, and eight or nine games a year, they're going to draw their you know, 25, 30, 35,000 fans per game. And if they do that, they're going to make money, and they're going to do well. But I'm telling you right now, Buzz, if they go FCS and you bring in a bunch of schools that no one's ever heard of with no tradition and no nothing, it's not this town would, could, couldn't care less about that, no matter how many games they All right. win. So I think you're a, underplaying people wanting to watch win, winning. Or people just going no, out for I, the social aspect of it, because I think that's a huge part when you go to yeah. a minor well, game. Yeah, they do. And that's people go there and they commiserate about, oh, we're, we're going to be terrible again this year, we're going to get killed, and, then, and it drops off as the season goes on. At loss after loss after loss, you see the attendance go yeah. down. I don't know. Maybe, maybe El Paso just wants to go in and see a, a team that has a chance to win and, and do all the fun stuff that's associated with football. Maybe, maybe fans don't care as much about it. I mean, let's face it. If you're playing those teams that you mentioned and the teams that that UTEP normally plays, I mean, that's still like you're in a different league from the Big Twelve or the Big Ten or the mm-hmm. SEC. It's it, you know, it's already like you're playing at a lower level than those schools, right? I get you. No, I understand what you're saying. I completely get it. But this is year three of what Dana Dimmel is bringing, and I'm going to tell you something right now. He has, he's got something in, in Gavin Hardison, the starting quarterback, and he has something in Deion Hankins, the starting running back. He's, All right, got, me... he's got two young building blocks that I believe over the next uh, three seasons can be very, very good for them offensively. And you know what? Um, although no one's going to say that they're going to go and, and, and beat the Longhorns this weekend, I really am interested to see as they grow and as the team gets some more confidence and, and wins games like last week and then Abilene Christian the next home game, if they get a little more confidence, Confidence and win. I want to see what they do in Conference USA. Maybe like who? Who are sudden, some of our opponents? Who are, who are we facing in Conference USA once Conference uh, play gets started, which is going to be sooner rather than later, right? They're going to play um, Louisiana Tech on the road on the tenth of of October. Then they're home against Southern Miss. Um, they're going to be at Charlotte. They're home against North Texas. Home against FIU. At UTSA. Home against UAB. At Rice. I got to tell you, conference schedule for the depth that I that I followed college football, non Sooner college football, which is none. Those school, those schools that you mentioned don't move the needle for me any more than Stephen F. Austin does. Well, and that's the thing too. That and that is why that's another point. That's why they got to get out of Conference USA. They have to get out of Conference USA and get themselves into the Mountain West. I think it was. Uh, I think it was a good question. Let's have people call in. Why not have them call in? It, yeah. What would happen as, if you're a minor fan? I mean, if you have an interest in this. Hey, Chester. Chester. Oh. Hello. What's going on? Here? You okay? Yeah. Hey, good morning. Good morning, hey, Chester. Listen. Steve, you're full of bull manure. Mm. Uh-huh. Can you hear Chester, Steve? 
Oh, yeah. These these are the kind of calls I wish I had on my uh, show. I, I, I'm, I'm so jealous that you get them on your show. Chester, go ahead. Tell Steve why he's full of manure. The last time you kept had a successful program, when Mike Price arrived his first two to three years, that's over 15 years ago. No, he's they've right. Been that's, trying, that's, that's, that's they've accurate. been trying to that's build accurate. a program ever since, and they can't do it at this level. On the contrary, if they were to go down to FCS and establish a successful program, they could build themselves back up to the FBS. But where it stands now, it's, a, it's an exercise in utility. Steve, what do you say to Chester? I don't think it's as easy to go back down and then go back up. This is not like soccer where you get yeah, re- relegated. Yeah, Chester, <laughs> you, you, you anticipated Chester this, was didn't prepared. you? Go ahead. Well, look, look. If they're averaging 10,000 people a game now, or will be before the COVID, mm-hmm. how's, how's that a successful program? They can't pay the bills on 10,000 fans in the seats. He's right. I, I mean, does right. that's, why they, and that's why they play these, and that's why they play these money, because that's a one point four million okay, dollar. Payment. So Steve is saying that's the reason they're going to go up and play University of Texas in Austin is because they're going to get paid uh, because otherwise they're not breaking even. Mm-hmm. Are they even breaking even after that? After playing a couple of uh, sacrificial lamb games, would you? Are they still? Are they making the money? I think now that they have these premium no, seats not. that are going to cost... <laughs> hang on, hang on, Chester. Hang on, Chester. All right. They can't even, they can't even no. turn on the stadium lights without losing money. Yeah. Uh, Steve, what do you say? Uh, Chester says that they're, they're not running a successful program. They're losing money. Well, I think uh, with the new re- um, the, the Sun Bowl renovations that are now in place and that with their premium seating areas that are going to be more high-dollar wait, wait, wait a minute. You think people don't make- go to minor games because of the stadium? I'm just telling you that they've spent $16 million renovating this stadium. Yeah, but do you think that's the primary start- reason they have a trouble drawing a crowd is because of the stadium? No, it's because they can't win a game. Yeah, oh, it's because they can't, they can't win. Fans don't go. Chester. Talk to Steve. <laughs> well, look, look. Steve, Steve, uh, <laughs> Mr. Kaplowitz said that UTEP has to stay at this level playing these kind of teams in their conference in order to remain legitimate. Well, who comes to watch UAB, yeah. Memphis, Middle Tennessee, and the University of Appalachian Backwater? <laughs> no, nobody in El Paso can even find them places on a globe. Yeah, unless they got the location right in the name like Charlotte. You, anybody's guess as to where they are. It ain't going to happen, but I guarantee you, people will build an interest if you got teams that are from Texas, like Stephen F. Austin, Abilene Christian College, uh, North Texas, uh, Lower-level teams, people will go watch that type of interstate rivalry. I mean, you're not talking about well, listen, it. We don't on, have a story on, program that, Wait, that has this stop, great stop history of winning. Listen, North Texas is in Conference USA. Well, They're part of the same Mike league that UTEP's in, Chester. For two or three years. You can't build a program based on success every 15 years. 
Are you telling me that right now UTEP does not belong with North Texas and UTSA because they're uh, they're ahead of them and in, in, in um, you know in, in sports and they should just drop down a level? Nope. We lost Chester. Oh no! Oh, that was a good we that was a good Chester. phone call. Chester, call me at four o'clock. I'd love to continue this conversation with you on my show. I so agree. Be more than happy to dial in. That would be that would be terrific. All right, I'm tuning into that. I've never had Chester on the program. That would be great. Let's take a break, uh, and, and we'll come back, and we'll move on. We'll talk about the NFL season, which gets started tonight. Uh, Steve is broadcasting from his home. And uh, we'll talk about that more. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Steve Kapowitz is joining us for Football Thursday, and the NFL gets started today. So I know a lot of people are excited. Uh, and How we you are going to about that team, Cappy. That fantasy team you got gifted yesterday. Oh, um, I'm thrilled. Uh, you know, nothing like, uh, first off, my name is Team Chewies yes. with a Chewbacca logo. I'm I mean, not going to change it. You can change it you want. No, I think it's pretty funny. Um, I like that. Is this um, Brandon's but, no money uh, fantasy yes. league? Yeah, I had an ex- yes, I, one, I got a team yeah. and I was like, you know what? I, I wonder if Cappy would be willing to to step in. Because really, you just, I mean, it's all for fun. There's no money on the sure. line. If you just want to, you know, play and... And Who are we playing? I'm like, is this El Pasoans or no? It's no, it's mostly uh, my family and friends back in Portland. Oh, so like it's not listeners. We're league, not playing against my, listeners. Okay. Nah, my mom's in the league. My sister's in the league. Some friends oh, back nice. home. So Bun- bunch of Antifa oh, guys. Yeah, <laughs> they got to do something with during the day, right? right. I mean, they're only riding right, at night. Riding at night. Uh, hmm. So I wanted to like a caller like Chester. Like I want to give a special number so when he calls, like he gets right in. But Chester, if you're listening, call anytime. Uh, that was great. It was a great call. I liked Chester's call because he was right about the the Mike Price thing. You know, the first two years Mike was here, they they were selling out the Sun Bowl. They were ranked in the top twenty five. They went. You know, I've always wondered. Games. Look, Mike Price was on his way to being the coach of Alabama uh, before that got derailed. But I, I always wondered those were Gary Nord's players. I always wondered like how Nord would have done with those players. Because oh, let's that's face such it, by Nord's, of, by Nord's that's a crock of crap. I didn't say they would do good. I just wanted to know how they would do. But he was playing those first couple of years, mostly with with, uh, players that Nord had recruited, right? Great. So Gary Nord won with uh, Charlie Bailey's players. So does that mean? And then, and then after Charlie, and then after Gary Nord had that first winning season, he couldn't repeat. So I've never really bought the idea of you know these coaches that that win with other talent. Uh, you know, look, there's a reason that they fired Gary Nord. Well, look, he couldn't win gotten, with his own players. It had gotten to the point that last season with Coach Nord had gotten to the point where players were on their phones on the bench. I mean, yes, you could tell people just couldn't to, uh, wait to for the they lost to Cal Poly Tech. That That's final right. Season. That's right. They, you see, you remember. Look at you. Even with limited sports knowledge like you have, <laughs> you still remember they lost to Cal Poly. Well, That's one hundred percent correct. That tends to stand out. Well, well they went. Yeah. They only won two games. The final three years, he was the coach. Two games a season. Oh, oh, it was two and nine, two and ten, two and eleven. Look, it was no surprise when Coach Nord uh, got his papers, but. Um, I was going to move on, but there are a few comments I just want to get your feedback on. So we, we threw out there, how about if UTEP dropped down to FCS so they were playing teams like uh, Stephen F. Austin as a part of their regular conference, and you say people wouldn't go. Well, here here's what Isaac says, yeah. and I want, to, I want to get your feedback on this. Isaac says, all the people that would go watch the Chihuahuas would go to have a good time watching the Miners play FCS-type teams or division two type teams well he's got a point i mean people do go see the chihuahuas and that's like you know that's not major league it's a step down 
that's also like six, seven thousand fans. So how is yeah. UTEP going to make any money on six or seven thousand? I think they average about sixty four hundred, and you said that's about what the miners got on Saturday, something close to that. Yeah, exactly, a hundred percent, hundred percent. So, you know, look. Let me ask you. Let me ask. I'll ask minor fans this. Okay, Nickel Beard. I'll pass away. Nickel Beard night at the. Yeah. How about this? <laughs> okay, Thursday. say the say the miners go into the, um, say the miners go into the Southland Conference. Okay, the Southland Conference features McNeese State, Central Arkansas, Houston Baptist, Stephen F. Austin, Nickel State, Northwest State, Incarnate Word, Abilene Christian, Southeast Louisiana, Lamar. And Sam Houston State. You really think that's going to do? And, and, and they win all their games. You really think when I hear Sam Houston State, it doesn't that? it doesn't mean a lot more to me than UTSA, like mm-hmm. U- University of Texas San Antonio. I I really don't. You know, it's not like they really contrast a lot in my mind. The only team that's missing from that division is the South Central Louisiana State University Mud Dogs. The Mud Dogs. Other than that, everybody is everybody is in that division. So. Yeah, you know, the Mud Dogs. Look, we're going to go and play Texas. Big Mud Dogs fan. This Saturday, we're going to play Texas. And then next Saturday, we're going to be playing Abilene Christian. We're going to be playing another. That's exactly. We're going to be playing another FCS team. You got to realize, though, okay? You got to realize something. The original schedule did not have Abilene Christian. And the original schedule did not have uh, Stephen F. Austin. Right. We the original schedule sure. had Texas Tech at home. Right. And it had New Mexico State. And it had Nevada. Those three games were canceled. And as a result, they needed to reschedule. So UTEP had two choices. They could have played Power 5 schools for one-third or one-quarter the payday they normally get, or they could have scheduled winnable home games against teams that could actually give them a little confidence this year for the rest of, of conference play. And I think they made the right decision on this one. I really do. Let's see. Would what you ha- want to go out and play? Would you play Oklahoma or, or an ACC school like Florida State for three hundred thousand dollars when you normally get one point four to two million? I wouldn't. No, it would be like sending your eighth grade squad out against. I was going to say like your senior squad, but I mean even even mm. that is giving it a little too much credit. Uh, here's what Bill says: Stay where they are until we can go to the Mountain West. So Bill thinks, there you go. stick around, do what we're doing until we can go to the Mountain West. And I can tell you this much right now, Bill, and all of you out there, um, they, they want to get to the Mountain West. There is no doubt about it that they look at that as where they belong. Didn't, wasn't there I a chance to do that a few years there. ago? Yes. What happened? They didn't, uh, they didn't accept it. it was, was it an uh, AD I, decision? You know, been, or the, or, I don't believe. It was, it, it was, it was above him. So, oh, but it that's, was above the you know, athletic was, director. But that was the that past is the past. This is a new group, new administration, and, and hopefully uh, now they'll they'll was do it what the they university done president. I could just tell you it was above the athletic director. That's the only one above the athletic director that I can think of. Uh, Ernie brings up, I think, a good point. So we're talking about how about a scenario where the UTEP minors football program could the minors football program drop to FCS and the minor basketball programs. Stay in uh, Division One. Um, probably not with Conference USA. So what would probably have to happen would be a, a model where they would go to an FCS, um, an FCS conference, and then for basketball, yeah, they would they could either stay in that conference or go to an, another another league for for basketball. I, I, so that would probably be the way to go. Listen, I I think you could be right. I think uh, you would not see the attendance, even if the miners did well, if they were playing FCS teams. 
Ernie, I thought, brought up a good point in the Facebook chat. He says, if they go down to FCS, they'll also be getting FCS players. That's true, too. That is true, like, too. They'll be and recruiting more to the level of F- FCS players. Then you FBS. probably would not have gotten somebody like Aaron Jones to play for UTEP if they'd been an FCS school. I guarantee you this. The best high school talent in El Paso would never stay here. And you would, you would lose guys like Deion Hankins... Aaron Jones, Josh Fields, all these, all these top players that have stayed here are would not be would not be coming. So that's that's a, what, what's so funny. I'm just reading a comment and somebody's like just taking kind of a shot at you. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Steve is totally off base. How would he know when was the last time he paid for a ticket? Of course, it would make better sense for them to play teams such as SFA. Stephen F. Austin and Abilene Christian, it would bring the fun back to football. First off, <laughs> what, the, what, is, what does that mean? Bring the fun back to football? What is that? What, no, let's let's just put that part right there. What does that mean? Well, you know, there's, there's kind of a miserable experience when your team's getting its ass kicked week after week. Yep, that's you know, listen. I'm not I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> but here's the thing, okay? Let me let me say this. Let me say this. All right, if I felt that there was absolutely no chance UTEP could ever win in football at the FBS level under any circumstance, I would absolutely advocate drop down to FCS. But I still believe that it is possible to win and that, unfortunately, decisions have been made in the past that were not conducive to that. But I am hoping that yeah. if the resources and the and the hires um, are are made to where they can win, and I'm still listen. And as far as Dimmel goes, the, the you know he's in his third year as head coach. I'm not ready to write off Dana Dimmel either. I love him. He's one of the nicest people you've ever met. And I'm really hoping that his plan will eventually result in them being competitive on a year-to-year basis, the way he wants and going to bowl games. That's his vision. He asked for a five-year plan. We are in year three right now. And uh, you know what? If uh, I'm hoping that Dana's the guy that can really start turning this around. And if he's not, go find a young hotshot that's on his way up. Go hire him and let him win and leave. And then you've got the, the position is now better than it was before he arrived. And you either hire in a coordinator of, of theirs or you bring in another young coach. I'm just saying there are ways to do it. I am not ready to write off UTEP and say that this is a hopeless program that can never win. I don't believe that. I believe it can absolutely win. Okay, but some but people do. You got to have the right hires in place. Some people have gotten to the point where they believe that. Well, listen. That it's just the truth a- is this: you've been there's a handful of winning seasons in the last fifty years. I don't blame those people. It's like you know what? Nobody deserves to be subjected to as much losing football as El Pasoans have with UTEP. So I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna say that they're wrong. They're right. I mean, it's 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 really difficult. You're asking fans a lot when you have to endure losing season after losing season every year. There, there's no doubt about that. This part. is Isaac again, and let me tell you, I think Isaac is is full of a lot of really good, unique takes on things. So uh, Isaac says, when the Lady Miners were winning and going to the NIT, the Haskins Center was packed and everybody was going crazy. I think the point that he's making there is, look, we got excited enough about women's basketball, which normally doesn't draw anything close to what men's basketball does, but we got excited because they were winning. 
They also charge ten dollar tickets. Okay, what and is they it? priced it, and they priced it to where fans would go and sell it. Now, normally for the men, if you want anything below the bleeds, you're going to pay about twenty dollars a ticket. Okay, I can remember when and, they give you a ticket to a football game for a canned food donation. I thought you were going to say a Roman meal bread wrapper, but that's yeah, fine. Yeah, a Roman awesome. meal bread wrapper, yeah. too. I remember that. That's right. All but right. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just saying right now, Isaac, hey, he's right about the women. The fans got into it. They were amazing, and they almost won the NIT that year. And if you remember, Keitha said her one wish was to sell out the Haskins Center. She sold it out twice, which um, you know was more than, than the men at that point. And, um, but, they, but they priced it right. They knew. You know what? Let's, what is the ticket in, to the minors? To a football game. What was it? Not even counting this season. What last season when things were more normal? What was the uh, average ticket price? I don't remember, but I can tell you this year it's priced right. They've got it's twelve to thirty bucks, and that and for and you can sit on the fifty for twenty dollars. So the higher up you are, the less the ticket is. So I, I you can I, actually sit on the fifty for twenty bucks. I and get, that's a I, that's a good price. I think Isaac's making a good point. This city got energized and excited about women's collegiate basketball. Listen, I've got a niece that's going to play collegiate basketball next year but that's about what it would take to get me really excited is that i have a blood well not blood i'm adopted but my niece is going to play uh division one college basketball but el paso just likes to go see good games and i i think there might be something to they don't really care if utep's playing Stephen F. Austin, or if they're playing UT San Antonio, as long as they're competitive and, and, they're it's winning. A good, and, a, and winning and a good That's time is being had to. by all. Listen, all right. people used to say years ago, uh, just give them local talent. Like, if you're not going to win, at least stack it with El Paso in so we can go watch local players stay home. You know what? That happened That happened a couple of years ago with Sean Coogler. His, his roster was full of local players, and they were all playing. And, and you know what? They weren't winning, and fans were getting more and more mad that we had inferior talent from El Paso instead of other players from around the country. Right, listen, so, we gotta, we got to get a break here, and I want to come back. I still want to talk NFL. Jaime, uh, if you'll hold on the line, Jaime, I'll put you on first. So Jaime's got something about UTEP football. Uh, hey, there you go. We're, we've talked about UTEP football for like 45 minutes now. All right. Don't forget, we're going to be airing. We're airing the game Saturday. UTEP and UT on 600 ESPN El Paso, beginning uh, with the Longhorn Distributing Countdown to kickoff show at 5 o'clock. Oh, that comes as a surprise. <laughs> Why? Is you don't even know we're, we're airing the game? It's the home it, of the miners. He doesn't read his emails. Oh, jeez. I know that I was talking to one Kaplowitz, and he was really upset because the miners weren't going to be on his on his station anymore. I just got him confused which one was. You <laughs> <laughs> got your cappies in a bunch. I confused my cappies. That's right. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Hey, we've been uh, spending the past 40, 45 minutes talking about sports with Steve Kaplowitz. We got Jaime, who uh, held on the line, and we certainly appreciate that. Hi, Jaime. Hey, good morning. Great uh, show, like always. Um, first of all, I, I have a couple... You guys were talking about UTEP needs to do this, what if they do that, what if they do this. I have a couple of questions for you guys. Yep. How, how many of your crew and uh, or your staff from KLQ have been to any of the football games? None. Or any of the sporting events lately? None. I went to about five basketball games last season, but and a lot of that has to do because Schedule. we we get up so early. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of them are on on weeknights. So I went to about five basketball games. I don't think I saw a football game last season. We went to football games last year. 
I don't. That's why I don't really have an opinion on this because I don't. I didn't go to when I was in college either. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because you know, you guys bring out all these points, which are good points, but yet at the same time, if we're a dedicated fan, like some of us have been, I've been going to UTEP games since 1965 when my oldest brother was going to college, and he would take me along with him, and I was about 11, 12 years old, mm-hmm. and I've been going huh. since. And now, well, of course, we're in 2020, so I had to give you some time. Uh, uh, how old I was at that time being, or how old I am now. But I've been, uh, uh, you know, if, if you you are really into sports and you can, that's the local team, you know, you're going to support them as much as you can. Of course, everybody has, has their own team somewhere along the line. They says, well, if I don't cheer for these guys, I'll cheer for these other guys, you know. And, well, uh, Jaime, I think you're the right guy to ask. I yeah. mean, what would your opinion be if uh, UTEP were to drop uh, to FCS instead of FBS? They'd still be Division One. Uh, but they wouldn't be in that. I think it's about 120 some odd teams and that you are can in, still it, get those it, games against the a Texas and a Texas Tech. They do play those games. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't be eligible for any real bowl games. They go something like the like a, a peacock. They're not bowl eligible now. <laughs> right. You, gotta, I, you, I, get, you still got to win. I feel like I need well, to break see, something to you. And that's the key. <laughs> You're right. The key is you have to win, regardless of the level or regardless of the sport. You still need to win. But, you know, uh, the, to me, you know, uh, you guys are putting all this stuff out, and I just wanted to know if you guys ever attended any of the sporting events. And I understand you guys got to get up early because you guys do such a show pretty early. But, uh, you know, I, I've been one of those that's been in the military, and I followed them. And uh, when I was speaking at home, and I used to take a, bring a bunch of guys to come and watch the football game. Of course, back in those days, the games were a lot better, and the teams were a lot better. I would say that, that Jaime, it's – it would be fair to say that none of us are diehard to the point that we go to every home game that we of go course, to. Of course, you're, you're, you're not from El Paso. You're from Oklahoma. Yeah, but I've been here 30 okay. years. I mean, if I was going to buy into it, <laughs> I would have done it by now. <laughs> but I listen, I grew up being a fan. Hey, listen, if you have a, if you have a nine-win season and you're a Sooner fan... They're calling for the coach's head. Oh yeah, I, I know that. I know that. I, know <laughs> I that. mean, it really is like a different league altogether. I mean, we are in the FC uh, Division One FBS, but it it's like we're in a different different part of that altogether as it is already. And the bad part about Oklahoma Sooners, half of their football team is from Texas, <laughs> right? That just proves that Texas high school students get a better education. Know where to go play. <laughs> if, you're from Oklahoma, if, you're from Oklahoma, if you're from Oklahoma, are you an example of the education level? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know if that was a compliment or a dig. I'm not sure how to take that. I think that might be the definition of a backhanded compliment. Yeah, or thank maybe, you with yeah, a question right. mark. That's, that's, just what, that's just what it is. All right. I'm with you. Okay. But, uh, you know, Thanks a lot, guys. Yep. Hey, keep Thanks. up the big show. All right. Enjoy it. We'll Thanks, see you. Man. There's Jaime. Yeah. Been going to minor games since '65. Yeah, I'm not the right person to ask. I'm seeing I a know, lot. I'm seeing there. a lot of comments that are well. The miners only play. The, the only reason they have a football program is to make money, and I think that's a like a big misnomer. In fact, I had seen an episode of Real Sports, you know, with Brian Gumble, where they kind of did away with this. But listen to this. A recent NCAA study, so this is from the NCAA itself, determined that only about 20 of the thousand or so college sports programs in the nation were profitable. 
Wow. Think about that. 20 out of 1,000. Wow. Now, you've got some football programs that make money, but when you when you consider all the sports that they have that don't make money, it's got to be a real cash cow for the universities even to break even. So, Steve, you, you know that, right? I do, but I will tell you that football helps fund the rest of the athletic department here at UTEP. So a lot of these sports that they have right now do not make money. You have to pay for coaching salaries. you got to pay for travel costs. And UTEP, uh, football. Stadium uh, upgrades you were already talking about. Stadium yeah, upgrades. Well, yeah, and they raise money for that. But I'm just saying that it bankrolls the – football bankrolls the rest of the, of, of, of the, uh, you know, rest of the, of the sports. Yeah, but I don't think it keeps it afloat. It doesn't unless you're one of these 20 schools that has such a – it's usually men's basketball or men's football, and the, it keeps the rest of the sports Or if afloat. you're Connecticut, women's basketball. Or women's basketball if you're Connecticut. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cappy, real quick, analyze uh, the game tonight. Chiefs uh, – and I think a lot of people are, are expecting the Chiefs to go right back to another Super Bowl this year. I think they're among the, the top teams in the NFL. The Texans are going to have to play without DeAndre Hopkins, and they traded him away to um, Arizona, um, and that's going to be a tough blow for the Texans tonight. Look, they're home. The Chiefs are home. They're going to have fans at Arrowhead Stadium. It's the only team in the AFC West with fans for this first week. Um, I, I like Mahomes. I like the Chiefs. I think they're going to roll, and uh, I think uh, that you know they're going to be right, uh, right back to uh, that potential Super Bowl game uh, when it's all said and done this season. And if you're a college football fan, don't forget Longhorns Miners. That is going to be on ESPN 600 on Saturday. So check that That's out. Right. All right. Uh, thanks, Steve, for joining us. And today's the day football returns on NBC. And people couldn't be more excited.